Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. The only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it, move with it, and join the dance. That's a quote for today by Alan Watts. And I picked that because today we're going to be talking about this thing called AI. And I'm not going to define it yet in case you don't know what that is. And if you're like, who doesn't know what that is, then okay, cool. And you'll understand. So before I get started, I want to invite you to go visit my new and improved website, lucydumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I, and I have updated it and added a little more flow to it, and I'm super excited. So um, go there, and there's some free gifts if you want to grab those, and be sure to Listen to my every other week mini class that is tied to the um, seven ideal client getting steps, something titled like that. So anyway, all kinds of goodness on my website. So I'm so happy to have a conversation today with one of my very, very favorite humans in the whole world. (laughs) And his sidekick. And so I get to make a new favorite friend, which I love. So my friend, Arthur Rainville, has been creating stunning photographs wrapped in intrigue, atmosphere, and romanticism for over 50 years. He's been displayed in museums on three continents. He has been touted as and earned the title, the Poet Laureate of Photography. He's sensitive, he's creative, he's always moving forward, which is why I love that he's taking a look at this artificial intelligence and um, having conversations with that. I met him at West Coast School, and since then, he has helped me stay current, get excited about new things, and not just, you know, sit around Uh, complaining about life or doing the same old thing. He's received the Helen Yancey Lifetime Achievement Accolade. And there's only been, at least then, there were 12 awarded in PPA's 150-year history. Whew. Who (laughs) writes this stuff? I don't know. (laughs) I think the stunning wrapped in in intrigue atmosphere and romanticism might be you, Arthur. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And he is with the lovely and also highly achieved, (laughs) good word, Tony Marie. She has had a business in Iowa since 1982. She's a fine art photographer and she also does volume photography. So one supports the other and vice versa, I'm guessing. She's a master craftsman, master artist, has earned way too many awards for me to list here <laughs> from PPA National Service Award. She has served this industry for years and she loves to share her passion for photography and art with fellow artists. 
She has an emotional soul, which to hang out with artists, you have to have an emotional (laughs) soul, right? (laughs) And every art piece, she's intending to get that emotion into each one. And she teaches workshops to help people connect their emotions and get their stories into their art. So, Hugh, again. (laughs) (laughs) So, welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited to have you on my show. So nice to meet you. You too. Fellow 1982, what month did you say, I'm starting my business or get your business license? Do you remember, Tony? No, that's way too long ago. I can remember yesterday sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) So mine was February, so of 82. So it was a good year for photographers, I think. Yeah. The only reason I can remember the year is I remember my daughter was one when I bought that first professional camera. Oh, wow. (laughs) So what was that camera? It was a Veronica. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Of film days. <laughs> yes. My my first one was a Mamiya 645. But when I realized that the flash didn't sync faster than a 60th and that you had the vertical and horizontal it, I switched to Mamiya C330s. Do you remember those, Arthur? Yeah. I only yeah. had three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I still have my three. <laughs> they make great door stops now. Yeah. Actually, I loved it. When I got Hasselblad's, I still use the C330 for the candidates at wedding receptions because they're so fast to focus. And and I found Hasselblad's too complicated to get sharp. Anyway, enough about me and equipment. (laughs) What was your first camera, Arthur? Um, Or your first pro camera, we'll say. It was probably a Bronica II that I got for myself. I just kind of liberated my father's of second generation. So I just ah. kind of used all his stuff. Yeah. So I didn't realize that my dad had a Canon AE1 until after he passed. And I was looking through things and it's like, why didn't I know that? And why didn't I steal it from him? <laughs> it's not even so much about what we had to start with is where we are today. I mean, all I use now is my, actually we're on it right now. I do everything with my phone. Ah, interesting. I don't even own a camera, Shane. Interesting. Mm. Well, the phone. The... And pretty soon someday you'll just blink and that'll be it. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. So our topic is, I guess, uh, the good and the bad and the ugly about IE, maybe I call it that, something like that. So if someone doesn't really know everything that's happening in the world of artificial intelligence related to photography, um, can you share what is going on? Well, you'd have to look first at the whole world of artificial intelligence. Um And to do that, you'd have to stay on the news 24-7 because it's exploding right now. And most of that explosion has happened in the last uh, two months at the most. Mm -hmm. And um, so what it's going to boil down to is artificial intelligence against what human intelligence we can hold on to. And artificial intelligence 
is supercomputers gone nuts. Uh, what they've finally done is got it to the point that a computer is taking in all knowledge of all mankind for all time. It's all, it, it just knows everything there is to know. Okay. So it's nothing more than a fancy computer at this stage. The stage that we're going through right now is it's starting to figure out stuff on its own mm -hmm. instead of telling it what it should know. The stage we worry about is when it thinks it knows more than us and it starts acting that way. And sure. that's really what we talk about in our workshops and stuff. Um, the war between humans and machine. And mm -hmm. it's going to come to that. Uh, we're going through a nice period right now in photography with it. We're going through the period where it is making our lives easier as far as workflow and all of things like that. We're going through a stage that I equate to the early stages of digital and then when Photoshop came along. And we just had all these beautiful new opportunities to create that we couldn't do in the old film days. Mm -hmm. Now we could do things in layers. Now we could do all this magic. And we plowed along that way for a few years. And now this is going to bring it to another whole level. Mm -hmm. And so photographers for a while um, are going to do really amazing things. They're going to be capable of doing things they never were capable of before. Until the day comes that everybody out there who could be your potential client will be able to do the same thing. Then we have a problem. And okay. that's what we basically are talking about here is what do we have left? What's left for you and I as photographers that an artificial robot intelligence even sitting there in front of you talking to you like it's a real person because they think they are at this stage where's the difference the mm -hmm. difference is they can make an amazing picture but they can't make an amazing picture of what you have in here sure and the only place that comes from is you and i lucy sitting and talking to each other and me understanding we've talked this many times so i've always used the definition a picture is of somebody but a portrait is about somebody and no machine is going to care enough to find anything about you. And if they did, they wouldn't understand it. Right. And that's the only thing we're going to have left, our humanity. And that's what we have to work at now and getting better at. Mm. So, um, yeah, <laughs> those are deep. I know. As usual, Arthur. So, Tony, <laughs> can you dial in a little of the practical like the websites, the things that are actually happening on on a, you know, I know that Photoshop has a new feature. There's other websites. Can you, can you kind of give me a little bit of a hardscape of the things that photographers are discovering and using and playing around with? Yeah, there, there's a lot of them out there now, and I don't spend a lot of time on them. Uh, but there's mid-journey, there's Dolly, Photoshop's coming out with that new one. They're beta testing it and stuff now. Um, and, and I know there's more. I don't play with them a lot. It's not really 
what I'm into. Mm-hmm. But, but I see a lot. I see stuff posted every day that people are making and it's making some wicked cool backgrounds. It's, mm-hmm. you know, doing some really neat things, just like Arthur said. Right now, it's it's a great tool. It's a lot of fun. But what are we going to do when our customers don't need us to do all of that? Right. So I was thinking about, I was watching TV and and an artist was uh, throwing a pot, which is when you sit down with clay and, and a wheel and a spin. And I realized we can buy machine-made pottery any day of the week. But that particular artist gets thousands and thousands of dollars per piece. So part of me is not afraid of artificial intelligence. Movies have been using artificial backgrounds for decades. But, I mean, yes, there's the there's the end of the world <laughs> where they're just going to take over. I'll, I'll probably be dead by that time. I don't know, Arthur. Uh, Maybe not. I'm gonna. Maybe not. It's coming pretty in my eyes, (laughs) but I'll handle it. Um, One other new tool that I've been using some, but at the same time, I find it it gives me ideas. But but I would never just copy and paste. Is the the AI for uh, words? So uh, Chat GPT, which has exploded in the last six months. Or so I went to a podcast event and there were all these uh, speakers talking about ChatGPT, ChatGPT, ChatGPT. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Um, and it it is interesting. I think it's a great way to play around with the titles of your work just to get some inspiration. Um, I know copywriters are shaking in their boots because of that. Yeah, you have a few people uh, on the picket lines out there. Uh, because of this yeah the writers yeah um so goldman sachs estimated last week that different versions whatever it is but artificial intelligence in general will eliminate 300 million jobs Mm. worldwide that's a lot of jobs yeah i mean it will it will cure cancer it will do wonderful things Nobody will have a job to make any money to eat, but Arthur, hold on. <laughs> You're usually Mr. Positive. And all of a sudden the end of the world is coming for you. What's the deal? See, I can't worry about the rest of the world. I I you know, it's an they're on their own. I'm worried about our world. Okay. The world of portrait photographers, the world of professional photographers. Mm-hmm. We can survive this. And it comes from what we talked about a little bit in the beginning. There's 8 billion people on this planet. You cannot photograph them all. They're not going to all be your customers. Mm-hmm. So the trick is finding the right ones for you, finding your tribe. It's the buzzword right now, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. Find the people that understand. A big part of our job is not going to be creating magical pictures, it's going to be creating clients that understand what we can do right the the business part of this is going to get more important than it ever ever was we're going to have to be good translators of why they still need us why we still need them and uh, some of this comes from the mcdonald syndrome 
you know, uh, when McDonald's came along, it's a hamburger. It's meat. It'll fill you up. It's not good, but it's good enough for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Then the phones came along and people started doing their own pictures. They took the snapshot idea and just went nuts with it. We can't worry about all of those. We need to find the right people for us that appreciate and understand us. And we need to build a whole new synergy between them and us. We need to create a product that's so meaningful to them that they will understand that they still need us to do this. I believe with all my heart, this is going to be the best of times. Maybe not for the world, but we can do this. This is our world. And this is what I care about right now. Great. I'm glad to hear that 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 positive Arthur in Oh uh, yeah, I'm not worried a bit about us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, when cell phones came out, uh, especially, you know, now that I mean, holy cow, the quality is awesome. Uh, people were like, Oh, that's the end of the world for portrait photographers. Well, first of all, you, like I need with my new website, I need some new photographs of me. I could set up my phone and get photographs, but I could not do what would come from having someone behind the camera posing, encouraging me, discovering my best sides, (laughs) best sides. It's 360. So uh, anyway, the best angles of my face, the best uh, focal length to be the most flattering. Like I cannot do that on a phone. I know that a lot of youngins have figured out their perfect selfie pose. <laughs> so great photography, great portraiture needs someone at the camera who's looking at the results. Yes. We have to show the magic and we have to translate for them why that's right. special. Plus the experience. I frequently, when I'm coaching, I remind uh my clients that what they're really selling is themselves. People are lonely. People like attention. People appreciate artists and creative people. So if they could get the same results from an AI or from me, they're going to treasure what comes from me because we've interacted. Do you have thoughts on that? Either one of you? Some some of it's a time thing. How mm-hmm. long it took you to do it? John Singer Sargent did 37 on average different sessions with people before he was finished with a painting. Wow. Well, that whole big experience made them cherish the, the value in it and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. Tony spends forever working on her stuff. Go talk. <laughs> what are your yeah. thoughts on all this, Tony? Yeah, I think the experience is going to be one of our main things. People really crave to to talk to someone in person and to have someone hear and understand them. Uh, we just took pictures of a ballerina at our last workshop. I don't think anyone has ever asked her in her whole life, what does this mean to you? What? Why, why are you so passionate about it? And she cried telling us. Mm-hmm. And, and the note she sent back was, that she not only loved the portraits, but she's remembering that experience for the rest of her life because we gave her something no one else ever had. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think we've got that for all of our clients. Right. I did a session. Um, it actually was the second 
in a family and I'd photographed them when the kids were like eight and 10 and 12, something like that. And then 10 years later, we went to Balboa Park. Arthur knows Balboa Park quite well, right? <laughs> and it spent hours photographing the family and individuals. And they have a summer home here and they also live in uh, the DC area. And whenever they would come to San Diego and go to the park, they would go to the spots where I photographed them and repose themselves to re-experience the fun that they had. You, wow. you can't get that with AI. <laughs> right. right. And, and I think the same thing about the fine artwork. You know, what I hang on my walls is not something that I would go to a store and just buy one of those prints, you know, that are there. But I hang work from artists that I admire. And every time I look at that, I think of them. And I think that connection, if we can make that with our fine artwork, too, to our clients, it's something personal then that they have on their walls that they think of someone. And that will still be valuable. Mm -hmm. And some of the things I appreciate about the Photoshop beta right now is that you can extend a background. You you can do some things that don't take away from the fact that there was a personal experience in the capture. But as artists, you know, if I were a painter, I could paint whatever background I want. I could do whatever I want. So I appreciate that with the AI tools, we can do some things that as photographers, we, you know, were couldn't do or were difficult to do. So I think, I think it can be used for good and not evil. Thoughts on that? They, they have some work to do on some of it. For instance, what AI is doing, as I mentioned at the beginning, it is looking at every picture, every painting that ever was that they have access to on the internet. So it will take your picture and put it in the background of some other photographer because there's no way to separate that out. Right. You can't stop it. That's one of the problems we have. MIT this week parted with a, a new buildup, and they have a way to make that block so it can't do that. So hmm. there's going to be give and take for a long time here. Uh, let's hope it all filters out and we come out on the right side of it. Right, right. Uh, writers are having a hard time with that. A word is a word is a word. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why you've got companies that are just saying, I don't need you to write this anymore. I can just tell AI what I want it to do, like right. you said, chat. So there's a lot of stuff that have to get worked out. Let's cross our fingers that they fix that stuff. But in the meantime, we got to work on us. We got to work on making pictures that are really meaningful and real, and then let helping people understand why there's no machine going to do that for them. Right. Yeah. When I first um, saw an image score a hundred that had basically six different photographs as a part of the composite, it looked like a magic moment on the beach in the in the late part of the day with a dog walking in the perfect spot and a couple in the perfect spot and a little river of water. Uh, and it got a hundred. And then when I learned, Oh, that was a composite 
I did not like that. I did not think it was fair to compete with someone that had the Photoshop skills. Now it's, you know, it's all mixed. And if somebody, something is in the PPA world, if something is a composite, I'm not sure where the rules fall, but the moral of the story is the change happened, digitals happened, and good, clean, beautiful photographs still can score really well, and beautiful composites can score well. So I had to get over myself and accept that, you know, it was a new world. So thoughts on that? Well, how new a world is it? So if John Singh Asajan is painting a family, he, he has the ability, I had the ability to paint in certain aspects of the setting they were in or not, right. paint in other things. So there's nothing new to that. Where where he would shine and, and where all the greats, whether they were painters or photographers or whatever through the years, had an innate ability to understand the right expression mm-hmm. that just said this is he had Sajan has a classic painting that's three little girls, and one of them is fronting the viewer, and one of them is tucked in the back and the, you can tell exactly the personality of those kids. Right. All time looking at that. That's what we have to do. The rest of it's just bells and whistles. I have that um, poster framed in my yes. home. Uh, yes. It's four. It's actually four, but the fourth one is very hidden. But yes, I have I relate to that little girl that's in the front. Uh, there you go. And so, yeah. And and also, why is that painting worth millions? But my poster, maybe I could sell it for $70 for somebody that's already framed. That's another story for another day, but yeah. <laughs> well, but it's connected because something that was made by the creator, yeah. theirs, even if they use all kinds of tools to make that, it's still our art right it's an original and that's what we should be peddling is the idea of making that original right right so there was something some of the notes that y'all sent me had the word tin man in it um so what what do you mean by tin man and how can we separate ourselves from the so-called tin man way of making images that's a new one on me so tony well, yeah, that's just the analogy of. So I'm going for Tony on this. I yeah, wanna... you. <laughs> it was. It's if you think about it, it makes you smile. Yeah. Okay, but Tony, what do you mean by Tin Men? So yeah, Arthur coined that, but it, it's from the Wizard of Oz, and you know, the Tin Man was searching for his heart. Right? He he knew he didn't have any emotion, and and that's where AI is right now. Mm-hmm. It's trying to find a heart, but it can't find a heart because it doesn't have a soul. But but I think also we've kind of, I'll speak for myself because I do a lot of that volume work to make money. Mm-hmm. And that that also does not have much of a soul, right? You, you do what you can do in 20 seconds with a kid, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we've all gotten a little bit, since it's so easy now to take a million pictures, that we forget to take the time to really connect for the one, the one the one that matters mm-hmm. and the one that's got 
all your heart and all their heart in it. And and I think that's kind of why we need to retrain ourselves a little bit to go back to really taking the time to connect the hearts before we push the shutter. Mm, I agree. Even my high school senior portrait, it was 15 minutes, but the photographer was very present and very complimentary in a, not a creepy way. (laughs) (laughs) And was one of the first people that ever said, you know, you are a very attractive young lady. I mean, I didn't get that at home and I had so many self-doubts about that and it impacted me, even though, you know, I'm talking about it, um, let's see, five years later, just kidding. (laughs) Many years later, that session with him uh, was powerful. So even when we've got, you know, the, the us, like photo booths and people stand in front of a photo booth and do their own posing, those things are fun. But when there's a human involved, it, there's there's just more to it. Even if the image is, is you know, what, what you're doing, the volume. Do, do you think that's true, Tony? I do. I, one of the things I talk about quite often is the superpowers that we have as photographers. We don't think of ourselves as being able to change the world, but we can change someone's world strictly by how we connect and and speak to them. You know, not only by taking images that bring attention to, you know, maybe things that are wrong in the world, but just say a teenager that's having those doubts or, I I mean, you can save a life even Mm -hmm. just, just by giving them the self-esteem, by giving them the knowledge that they are worth, you know, maybe more than they think. And, and I went to one seminar one time, and this will live with me forever. The the person teaching said, if you want to be a better photographer, be a better human. Mm. And I, I took that to heart, and that simple sentence changed me. How did it change you? What what did you start doing differently? I mean, we, we tend to look at people like, oh, this is a certain body type. Now, how, what am I going to do to pose them to hide this or to hide that? And instead of thinking things like that, what if we just simply think of every person as perfect as they are yeah, and treat them that way and photograph them that way? Talk to them that way. I mean, that is just a whole different mindset than I'm, oh, I'm going to hide half of you behind this wall or I'm going to, you know, do this or that to try to make you into what I think is perfect. Mm -hmm. What if we just simply acknowledge they're already perfect? Right, right. Yeah, I, um, I was at a workshop and the teacher uses a lot of liquefy to make people and she said look normal sized which you know we're all normal size because we're our our size and um you know it's great for art it's fun it's interesting but i love what you said about embracing people where they are now of course we're not going to f- photograph someone showing them uh like i can look like a thousand pounds or i can look a lot less depending on how I'm posed. Right. And and either way I look like me. So of course we're going to want to to use our eyes and our heart to to bring out the best 
in people. Right. Generally. But yeah, unless if you're photographing some senior person that's super wrinkly, that that gives them all their character. We don't want to airbrush that all out, right? No. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and those are the people that, my goodness, they really want somebody to talk to them, right? Because nobody does anymore. Right. So, boy, can you make a difference there. Yeah. So, in your fine art world, Tony, how do you... and and Arthur, because Arthur is the the emperor of fine art, um, I think. Um, so how is what we're talking about now woven into, excuse me, doing your art that is not with a person? So so that type of art is really more more getting my own feelings out. So there, there's two feelings, right? If you're doing a client, there's their feelings and that's what matters most. But in, in my kind of stuff, it's more the things that I deal with. It's a lot of art therapy. It's a lot of, you know, just getting my own emotions out. Mm-hmm. Arthur, how about you? Do you have an answer to that question? It's always an answer. <laughs> I know. The answer is time. Time. That's the answer to everything, right? So we've been on a roller coaster ride in society a mm-hmm. hundred miles an hour. Everything is faster. Everything has got to be quicker, better, packed in more, more channels on TV, more, more of everything. And yet, we're never satisfied with anything more than a minute. We always want the next great thing, the next great piece of equipment as the tarp is the next. We're always looking for the next, the next, the next. Um, we've taken language where we would sit and you and I would be sitting there talking to each other. And yet that's gone for the most part. Here we are. At least we're doing this. But we're not together doing it. You know, talking on the phone, a stage, better than just typing, typing better than nothing. Mm -hmm. But we're not taking time to appreciate it. Mm. I mentioned John Singer Sajid, 37 sessions. I bet the average portrait session is, like you said, 15 minutes or something. Do you get to know the person in 15 minutes? He got to sense you a little bit. He got to say something that made you feel good. You had a you had a little bit of connection there. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you really took time as a photographer to understand and get to know that person sitting in front of you. Now it's complicated, of course. If you're going to spend lots of time, you're going to charge money accordingly. So now the business side of this all comes in. I understand that. Um, it's one of the things we talk about in our workshop. Is maybe you need to start by building a whole different business module. Don't mess with what you're already doing. Don't mess what already works for you. Create this new aura of you, the caring, you, the person that's going to take time to make that one magical, special portrait that will be like that John Singer Sargent and last forever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't happen like this. And it doesn't happen with bells and whistles of the Tin Man helping you or anything else. This is you, one-on-one, you. Right. 
One of my favorite books is The Little Prince. Do you know that book? Yeah. yeah. It's on the behind me somewhere. Did you know that in uh, the Alsace region of France, there's a Little Prince amusement park? Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. I, my mom's side of the family is from that region. So I think it's interesting that yeah. that, that favorite book, he's from that region. Okay. So for people that don't know the story, the little prince lives on a planet and he has a rose on the planet and he tends the rose and he cares for the rose and he keeps it under glass. And then he goes traveling. He ends up on earth and he, in part of the story, he finds a rose garden where there's thousands of roses and he's, he cries. And the fox who had befriended him asked what was wrong. And he said something about, turns out my rose is nothing special. And the fox says, the truth is it's the time you wasted on your rose that makes it so important. So that's what you're saying is the time that we spend connecting or the time that we spend uh, doing our creative process at the computer or with a paintbrush. It's the, it's all of that. The being with. Yep. Yep. Have you guys discovered the book called the creative act by Rick? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I think everybody's been required to read that if they're any kind of a creative period right now. Yeah. It's the buzzwords. Yep. Yeah. I love it so much that I won't read the last chapter because I don't want it to end. Uh-huh. <laughs> you with my brain, I could start again and you know you coming up on the last chapter for the second time, actually. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the quotes early that I think relates to uh the things that we're talking about. Um, I loved this to live as an artist is a way of being in the world, a way of perceiving, a practice of paying attention, refining our sensitivities to tune into the more subtle notes, looking for what draws us in and what pushes us away, noticing what feeling tones arise and where they lead. So to me, that's the antidote to AI is that AI cannot, we can use it as a tool, right? But we can't mine the gold of, you know, how we see in the world. Does that make sense? My thoughts, you guys, on that? How you see and how you feel. Mm -hmm. The feeling part, there's no way that if Sajan spent 37 times sessions, hours on each one, that he did not net get to know the people in that that he was painting. Right. He got to use the technical side of him, do the posing and lighting and everything, you know, do all that stuff. But he got to know the personalities and they got to have a harmonic residence with him Mm -hmm. so that he knew exactly how to honor them in that picture. So I can almost hear a bunch of people thinking, Arthur, I don't have time for that. I can't afford to take the time. Can't afford not to. Right. Can't afford not to. That's why I said, don't mess with already what's working. Mm -hmm. Leave your business right where it is if it's working for you. Take the time to do this separately. 
make it a separate offering. And it may come to the point that you won't do these for your business and make a living at it. Maybe these are what you need to do just for you, just for humanity. Mm -hmm. There's X amount of people out there waiting for you to arrive. You were supposed to do this for them. Right. I agree. I think, you know, we don't have to spend 37 sessions like he did. If you if you are an empathetic person, if you truly just care, mm-hmm. you you can make connections faster if you train yourself to do it. You you don't have to spend 100 hours with someone to really I mean, I call it kind of falling in love a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, even even if it's a 5-minute love or a 15-minute love or whatever, if you truly connect to that person, you know, it, it doesn't have to be 37 hours. Right, right. It just has to be real. Mm. Oh, I love that. And there's ways to do that. We, that's some of the stuff that we teach in our workshops and stuff, how you make those connections, how you spin that whole stuff. I mean, there's lots of people out there teaching lighting, and we teach some lighting from different perspective. And this will... But I don't think anybody's actually helping people make this kind of a session, how you make this connection stuff. Yeah, it's not, you know, we've been talking 37 sessions. We're talking one good, pure session, the one that you get to know somebody enough. And it doesn't have to be forever. Like Tony said, it can can be a short length of time if you know what you're doing and you know how to understand the other person and what Mm -hmm. you need to do to celebrate that. Right. Right. You don't want to screw up happy hour. (laughs) For me, it starts with having a good phone call, which is a dying art for people. But, um, you know, it separates me from others because a lot of people are are doing their portrait work, their bookings, everything on emails, message, texting, Facebook. So yeah, yeah, getting personal. So I have uh, one question, like two questions before we wrap it up. So one, tell me about the workshop and how people can discover it because you guys are going on a world tour and some <laughs> of that world tour is on Zoom and some of it is in person. So you got this one, Tony. Deal. <laughs> Yeah, so we have a Facebook group. It's called Epiphany. They can find us there. The website, it's in the chat, and people can see that. So the workshop, we are going into, just like we talked about, ways to create those heartfelt portraits and connect to your subject. We're teaching some constant lighting so that when you make those connections, you don't flash at them and start over with creating the mood again mm-hmm. so we're using we're using the led lights and and that way you can just keep talking as you're shooting you can just keep connecting with them so that's one of the things that's a little bit different okay so hold on so you're doing a tour where you're going i know you're going to be in southern california in the flesh for a couple of days right it's a two-day workshop you're going to some other cities you have some zooms so I'm looking for, first of all, like who, what, where, and when. So it's basically three days. The first day is a retreat. Okay. And the point of the retreat is for you. Okay. It's not just about learning techniques and stuff. That 
comes in day two, which is the workshop. And that has the lighting and, and a whole lot of stuff in there. But the retreat part is how to do what we've been talking about here for an hour. How for you to connect with your client. How And we have a series of questions. I mean, for some of us, it's easy. We're extroverts. We never shut up. Um, for other people, that's more difficult to work, on, work out. So we have ways to help you with that stuff. How to build. See, what's happening during that session is you're trying to understand them. They're trying to understand you. You're not only trying to make the portrait that's right, but you're also trying to build a sale at that point. So you're building credibility at the same time. You're building the price of it. All of that stuff. So all of that comes under retreat. And then the workshop is a lot of technique stuff. And then there's an optional third day, which is half of it contemporary business, because I have some different approaches on how you find that client. Mm -hmm. You're going to go to them, find them, and then start from scratch with them. And then Tony teaches a whole afternoon on painting and Photoshop in a way that AI will never do that. Right, Tony? Yep. Hands-on. And I think make it easier for people than than a lot of instructors out there. So. So, so how many, I know you're doing um, Orange County in September, 2023. Do you have others of the in-person lined up as of now or are those? So we're, we're in Georgia in the middle of August, uh-huh. um, then, then California, then we're in Minneapolis in the first part of October, the, towards the end of October, we're in Spokane, Washington. And then in November, we're in the Dallas, Texas area. And that's it for this year. And what's the online? That one is the Georgia one. We're doing that one. Also, they can sign up online for that one. So Ah. mid-August. So it's a combo. In other words, we're going to live Zoom the whole three days. Got it. For those people who can't come to us, this is your chance to get this whole thing. You can get it live on Zoom. You can do even have the rewatch thing. Is that a word? Oh, of course. (laughs) And it's so much better in person because you get to hug Arthur and probably you get to play hugs too. (laughs) All right. So last question. So this is for each of you. Is there something either you wanted to mention that you haven't yet that when we say goodbye, be like, oh, I wish I had mentioned that or what are your last thoughts what are your parting thoughts on that i i guess our parting thoughts is you know we we really just have a heart for people and for photographers and artists in general and we really just want to help and and i think that this is what our industry needs right now like arthur said there's not very many people out here teaching this everybody's teaching technique and technique will only get you so far I think you have to have this, this heart stuff, this emotion to really cross that bridge into becoming an artist and to really connect with those clients that are never going to ever give you up once they fall in love. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. And Arthur, what's your last word for now? (laughs) Ruth Bernhardt years ago said, um, you can make a lot of very pretty pictures, but unless they make you cry, they really don't have what they're supposed to. Um, mm. Maybe it's my age or something, but I end up crying more than the clients. Do, I <laughs> yeah. 
I love uh, that about you. I think you need to honestly love. It's like Tony said, that's the bottom line. If you do not feel it, you certainly can't elicit it from your subject. You There's only so many people that you will put on this planet to cross paths with. And mm-hmm. Every one of them, you have to love. And you do. He's a heart with, with legs. <laughs> okay, y'all. Love bunnies. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I want to um, remind people to stay tuned for, it's going to be hard to summarize this, but my little wrap up. And I just want to thank you both for having this rich conversation as I expected, uh, Arthur, that I would think Tony is amazing as well. And yes, I do. So I have to go look up (laughs) more of her photography and see what she's doing creatively. we, We will see you in September. That's a song. (laughs) <laughs> We're be rich in september but anyway you will thank you so much uh-huh bye thanks lucy you're welcome we'll see you so that was fun and you know you can tell i have a big crush on arthur and um remember to check out my lucydumascoaching.com website lucy with an i and there's a couple free gifts. One is about marketing and the other is about marketing <laughs> with different twists. Uh, let me see. Can I summarize this? Well, this conversation was about artificial intelligence. And at first, there was sort of a doom and gloom. The world's coming to an end. But for us, we can be fine no matter what happens as long as we bring ourselves, as long as we make connections, give time to our clients or our art, that there's no substitute for what a real artist is doing. Uh, that's pretty much what I've come away with. And let me see. He talked about uh, not having a tin man approach to making images, meaning having no heart in it. So though we can create all kinds of things through artificial intelligence. It's not going to have that, that personal touch. And as humans, we want personal touch. That one of the hardest things with the pandemic is that separation from people that was, for me, it was physically painful to not get, I think there's some kind of mirror neurons or something that we we interact with each other on a subcellular level or something when we're in person and looking at each other's faces and smiles. So um glad you're all listening and I will have another exciting episode coming up soon. So bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.